following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. All right, everybody, it is Friday. The NFL Draft Round 1 is in. We are going to spend the next hour discussing it, breaking it down, giving you our thoughts right here on the Players' Lounge. I'm Nui Scruggs, joined by former Dallas Cowboys defensive backs Danny McCray and Barry Church. Fellas, how are we doing on a Friday, and how do we feel about C.D. Lamb going to the Cowboys at number 17, the Oklahoma wide receiver? Go, go ahead, Church. I, I'll let you start this one off. <laughs> uh, well, um, you know, hey, from my from my personal opinion, you know, they don't pay me the big bucks to be a GM or anything like that. But I mean, I to me, I don't I don't understand the pick. But um, I guess he's an explosive wide receiver, and we just added a strength to a strong position that we already had. Um, for me, I thought we were going to go for sure without a without a doubt cornerback, but. I guess the Cowboys felt that C.D. Lamb was that explosive of a playmaker and that much of a need for this offense that he can change the dynamic of everything that he needs to go at 17. So if he's the highest guy on your board at that time, I guess you choose what, you know, your highest guy. And uh, they did that with C.D. Lamb. Hopefully it pays off. Yeah, uh, same here. I mean, I know we talked about them drafting a receiver a little bit, but we all expected them to go defense. I'm not mad at them for going offense. I mean, you see the Chiefs, uh, you need to score. I think uh, the guy that we had them picking in the first round, he didn't get picked at all. So maybe all the teams felt the same way as, as the Cowboys did as far as picking that guy. So, And I know they didn't expect C.D. Lamb to fall to them at 17. So having them having him fall there, I think that's something that they just figured they couldn't pass up on. So I'm actually excited about it. I mean, if you talk about weapons and no excuses, this is a perfect – perfect storm for no excuses for not being able to score points on offense. So it should get done. Well, I'm excited the fact that we don't have to hear Danny talk about an LSU player on the Cowboys today. <laughs> so I'm going to have to that, Church. Okay? That's Me good. Too. We don't have to sit around here and talk about that. But you all know, you all know how I felt. I felt they had to go defense. They needed to address the defense. But as Bill Parcells used to say when he coached the Dallas Cowboys, I reserve the right to change my mind. Here you are <laughs> at 17, and you're looking at C.D. Lamb, who you had ranked sixth on your board, fall to you. So you have the ability to get a blue-chip player at 17. So what do you do? Considering that the other player that you liked was, was Caleb on Chasen from LSU. I do not fault the Cowboys at all for living up to their board saying we will take the best player available. Now, this pick of CeeDee Lamb is going to be good if, if, if and only if they use day two and most of day three addressing the defense. I better not hear another offensive player call on Friday. <laughs> 51 and 82. Don't talk about some tight end. Don't talk about some offensive tackle or guard. It better be some doggone defense here. The Cowboys with C.D. Lamb, hey, they're going to be able to score 35 a game. But you better not be trying to give up 42 because my first thought is, are they going to become the Oklahoma Sooners? 
Because what do we see from nah. Utah all the time? <laughs> no defense. They couldn't stop anybody. <laughs> Listen, it, I, a lot of teams were following following the, uh, the path that the Kansas City Chiefs put out there. Right? It, offense has been – it seems like it's more important than defense, except if you're playing in Miami. Everybody else is going offense across the board. Miami has three top-notch corners so they can cover these guys. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, I'll take it. I, I, I really – I would have hoped that it was uh, Justin Jefferson. Only – not because he went to LSU, even though that plays a little bit into it, but he's more of a slot receiver than C.D. Lamb is. So, I thought that would have been a better fit at receiver, but I'm no GM either. Yeah, and then if you look at it – if you look at it through this way, I mean, Gallup has, what, one more year on his contract left, if I'm not mistaken, of his rookie deal? Or does he have two more years left? Two. Oh, yeah, two more. So, I mean, you don't want to – maybe you have a – you know, don't want to have to worry about him in free agency. You got C.D. Land that can step right up in there. So, I don't know. But if I'm if I'm Michael Gallup, I'm, I'm kind of salty. I ain't going to lie about that, okay? <laughs> I, I'd be kind of salty just because you got Amari Cooper who's already proven, got 100 mil. You're on your way up. You got over 1,000 yards last year. You're thinking, oh, this is my time. And then, boom, there you go. <laughs> Take that back seat. There ain't no way a, a first-round pick going, going to be a number three receiver. I, I don't believe that one. Hey, he he can't be as mad as Aaron Rodgers is. So uh, tell him to get over it. <laughs> it can happen to anybody. This is true. Now, this is true. Barry, I'll, 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 I'll balance out what you just said about Gallup here. So Gallup has two years left on his contract. And Amari Cooper signed a five-year deal. But it's really a two-year, $40 million deal. The Cowboys can get out of this sucker. So this is really a two-year deal for Cooper. He can get himself back out on the market. So... If you're the Cowboys, you may, may make the choice to say um, goodbye to Cooper and you keep Gallup if you can keep him at a lower price tag. So I, I'll tell you this. I think right now all these guys are going to be in a real good position because CeeDee Lamb is a five-year contract for the Cowboys. So from the Cowboys' standpoint, at least you're probably going to get yourself some stability and you'll make a choice between Gallup and Cooper along the way here. That, that, that's my take on of what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. Uh, I mean, my take on, on if, if Gallup can make another step forward in this year, like we saw last year, how he kind of took that big leap, went over 1,000 yards, he became that bona fide number two receiver. If he can take another leap forward this year, um, I, I would definitely guarantee them getting out of that Cooper contract within two years. But I just I just don't see him making that big of a leap with this with, with CeeDee Lamb being on the roster just because there's just not enough balls to go around. I mean, you're going to get that first-round draft pick his, his fair share of receptions. You just paid Amari Cooper 100. He's going to get his. You paid Blake Jarwin. He's going to get a couple here. So I don't know where the balls go to uh, Gallup, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll work out. So, so McCray, overall, when you look at what this offense is, where do you see Ezekiel Elliott in terms of, you know, now they've got these shiny weapons here. Are they going to go three wide here? Um, What what do you see the Cowboys doing? How does Mike McCarthy make this work? I see uh I see a heavy eleven personnel. I see a lot of zone read between uh Dak and Zeke and I see a lot of uh, Amari Cooper in the slot. I see them using Amari Cooper similar to how New Orleans uh uses Michael Thomas and, and puts him everywhere on the field and maximizes any uh matchup that they see that they can take advantage of. So I still see him splitting it uh splitting it running pass, but I see a lot of Zeke uh and a lot of a lot of Coop. Okay, so Church, go back to the drafting of CeeDee Lamb. They're sitting here at 17. They've got the ability to take a corner. They can take 
Christian Fulton of LSU. You can take Trey Diggs right there. You've got the defensive uh, edge player in, in Caleb on Chasen, and they go for CeeDee Lamb. So initially, just, just what was your thoughts when you heard them call out CeeDee Lamb at 17? Uh, my initial thoughts, I mean, I, I started laughing. And, I mean, I was like, man, leave it, leave it up to them boys to, to, to throw a wrench in, in your plans. But, I mean, um, for me, it was just, you know, you lost so much defensively. I mean, you lost your quarterback in the secondary in Jeff Heath. You lost your top cornerback in, in Byron Jones. And you're left with three corners who um, they're not – they haven't really been ball savvy outside of Jordan Lewis, who's primarily a slot corner. So, I just felt like this is, this is the draft. It was cornerback deep. I mean, you had your choices. I mean, the guy from uh, Florida. He was taken off the board. I think Jacksonville got him a little bit earlier than the Cowboys picked. But other than that, I mean, you had your choices at corner so and safety. So um, And a defensive line as well, even though they took your boy uh, from South Carolina earlier. But other than that, I mean, they had their choice of defensive players. Um, they chose to go offense uh, maybe just because they wanted to make that strength, like I said before, the receiving core even stronger for Dak Prescott. But um, we'll see, man. I mean, like, like you said, McCray, there's no excuses now with this loaded offense. They got to be putting up hella points out there. Got to. Now, if I'm Dak Prescott, I look at all these weapons here, and there's no excuse. I mean, especially when he signs this contract, okay? When he signs this contract, there is no excuse at all. There are weapons galore everywhere you go. I'm not going to say they're Kansas City. I think that's a little bit unfair to try and put them in that Kansas City category because, I mean, they're, they're just their own group. But... I'm expecting these guys to put up points in a New Orleans Saints type of fashion. Um, they're pretty good at that. Sean, Sean Payton does a great job of scheming, and I'm expecting Mike McCarthy to do the same thing. So needless to say, in my fantasy football league, I will not be able to get Dak Prescott at the 11th <laughs> round like I did last year or Michael Gallup in, in round 13, okay? I, this, this is going to be – I mean, look, Dak Prescott, I mean, if he's not in the Pro Bowl next year, you're going to shake your head, right? I mean, you, you are going to shake your head with all these weapons. We lost you, Nui. You still got him? No. Yeah, I, I, I can hear you. He was breaking in and out. Okay, we're good. We're good. So, so Church, what are you expecting from Dak Prescott now that they've added C.D. Lamb into this lineup? I couldn't hear you one more time. Say it again one more time. I said, what do you expect from Dak Prescott now that they've added C.D. Lamb into this lineup? I expect them to be extremely balanced. I feel like they uh, tried to do that last year, but Dak had that heavy start um, in the first three games, so they kind of went heavy pass, and then they went back to heavy run. They really couldn't find themselves later on in the season, but I feel like this year, especially with uh, Mike McCarthy at the helm, I feel like they'll be extremely balanced. I mean, they got the best running back in the league right now, and then you have three bona fide receivers out there. I mean, you got C.D. Lamb, who hasn't had a snap yet in the NFL, but I'm expecting big things out of him. Um, I feel like, like you just said, Mike McCarthy, He's a great schemer. He's able to get his playmakers open and get them the ball. So I feel like they'll be able to pass the ball around a lot. So I see them being extremely balanced. I still see them starting off with a run, no, getting things dominated on the run side of the ball before they open up the pass, kind of like we saw back about two years ago when they won a division. So I feel like uh, it's going to be extremely balanced team offensively-wise, and uh, hopefully on the defense we can get a little something to help us out back there. But offensively we should be just fine. McCray? What are you expecting from Dak next year? 
Okay, so when I when I when I look here at, at what Mike McCarthy is able to set up, this offense to me, I think of just pressure. That's what I'm thinking of. That they're going to be able to put some pressure on teams and pressure on defenses. And then when I look across the NFC East, because ultimately that's what you got to do first. You got to win your division first. And if you win that division first by putting pressure on guys, boy, I tell you what, this is really good. Now, I know Washington took Chase Young in the first round. Um, I look at the Giants' defense, and we know they had question marks in the DB position there. And we know that the Eagles had issues with their DB situation. I know they got Darius Slay, but he's just one guy. Um, The Cowboys are going to be able, in this division, to really make guys decide, hey, how do you cover this team? And if they got to play a lot of dime and nickel here, then maybe you have an opportunity for it. To me, get Ezekiel Elliott your pass game more. We know Tony Pollard can do some more in the pass game. And, and if they give Blake Jarwin more opportunities to catch the ball down the field, down the scene, this this offense, man, I'm telling you, this offense should do its part to put up the points. And maybe by putting up points, they help their defense because they can make another team one-dimensional that they have to try and, and match the points they put up. Church, what you think? Yeah, I, I, you know, after after my first disappointment of the of the draft pick, now I'm starting to, you know, things are starting to come back to me, and I'm starting to think maybe this offense could be a little little dangerous out there. Like you said, I mean, it, you, you can pick your poison out there. You got Jarwin, who's a mismatched nightmare for any linebacker, any safety, and if you do decide to throw a corner on him, he's too big for them. And so, if, like you were saying, that dime package, and if they do throw dime, then that's when you feed Zeke with only one linebacker in there. There's no way you can stop this running attack. So they can be extremely dangerous, and that's not even bringing in the receivers into account. You you know, the, the slot in CD Lamb, if they chose to put them there, Cooper, Gallup. So, like, these guys are extremely dangerous. They have a great offensive line in front of them. So, like you said, Nui, there's no excuses for this offense to not produce hella points and put pressure on opposing teams. And hopefully, you know, it relieves a little bit of pressure off this defense, knowing that this offense, if they, you know, perform to the potential, can go out there and outscore anybody, no matter how many points their defense gives up. So, if that's their philosophy going forward, I hope it works out for them, but they gotta make sure this offense is potent and on point, because I don't feel like this defense is gonna be able to stop much of anything, um, unless they get a a lot of great draft choices coming up in these next couple (laughs) rounds. One thing yes. that struck me as interesting, McCray, is when, when Jerry Jones was talking with the media, he said he wanted C.D. Lamb to wear number 88 because it was a former <laughs> uh, oh. Arkansas player. <laughs> and, and then C.D. Lamb said he came out war number 10. And, and my immediate thought was, Jerry, don't Dez. We can end the Dez discussion, okay? Whole, let's bring back Dez. Uh, it's like Jerry's like, I, I, don't, I don't know who he is anymore. I want CD to wear an 88. So, so Dez talk done, okay? Right? Am I right there? Dez how did how did I know? How did I know that Dez was gonna come up today? I knew I knew you had to put a knife in it, Nui. I knew you had to put a knife in it. <laughs> but yes, the talk. To say, I'm just talking. The, hey, the masses want Dez back. You know this. We the, see, we see the it right Dez, here on Cowboys Twitter. Okay, we see it on I, Cowboys. I said now. I said now. The Dez talk coming back to the Cowboys is officially dead. It's over. Not happening. Yep. Yeah, it, I think it, it's yeah, it's officially done. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I don't think they'll be they'll be posting many more of uh, Des Bryant workout videos on you know on uh, DallasCowboys.com or anything like that. I mean, <laughs> it's it's so crazy how the world changes like that, man. I mean, one minute bring him back, he can do it. He can be our slot receiver, even even our tight end. And then next day it's like, eighty eight. Oh, that's CD Lamb. What you talking about? Like, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, 
Watch this man go. He gonna give eighty eight to. Dez had a fantastic run. We we know what his numbers are with the Cowboys, but it's it's over. I mean, so so Lamb is wearing ten. So the eighty eight. I don't know. Maybe they just put it on on ice for a minute right now. But 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 Dez is not coming back. Jerry 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 stopped having dreams in the shower about Dez because he's got CD Lamb. So so that's what. And they're still friends. Yes, they're still friends. He can still come to the suite and watch the games. I, I do think Dez will play in the NFL this year, but, but clearly it won't be for the Cowboys. But I'll tell you what, let us take a break right now. Rounds two and three are tonight. The Cowboys have pick 51. They have pick 82. There are a couple of names that I'm seeing mocked to the Cowboys. Let's dive into this next because they must go defense. Defense, defense, defense. He's Danny McRae, Barry Church on New East This is the play I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too right above the subway well i bet you don't even notice it after the that's my neighbor angus a deal that's just okay is not okay get a great deal with america's best network come into an at&t store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for zero dollars down based on gws1 score september 2019 back to the players lounge Friday means Players Lounge right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio. I'm Nuri Scruggs, joined by former Dallas Cowboys defensive players Danny McRae and Barry Church. So, CeeDee Lamb is the guy. We all thought they'd go defense, but the three of us are okay because CeeDee Lamb was a top six guy on the Cowboys draft board. You got a blue chip player. So, to get a blue chip player at 17, no matter the position, fine. We'll go with that. But today, round two, pick 51, it must be defense. Round three, pick 82, it must be defense. Gentlemen, are we all in agreement on that? Yes. Uh, yes, I, I agree. Offense, offense should be done. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you 
Um, some mock drafts from two people I, I, I like following their work. One is Dane Brugler, who also does work with us right here at DallasCowboys.com. So at number 51, he's got Trayvon Diggs, the corner from Alabama. He thinks he can fall to 51 in the second round. And this is, he's got them picking uh, Diggs over Grant Delpit, Christian Fulton, Ross Blacklock, defensive tackle from uh, TCU, and Kyle Duggar, the safety. What do you think about that church? Uh, I'm, I'm 100% agreement with that one. Um, you know, Diggs was my first round pick from the jump. So if they can uh, pick up CD Lamb as well as get Diggs late in the, um, or get Diggs in the second round, I think that'll, that'll be a great haul for him. This is a long, lanky kid, like I said before, that can pretty much run with anybody. And he's physical as well. So this is a corner that, you know, the Cowboys need, especially with the loss of Byron Jones. Um, and I know a lot of people were saying, you know, get the safety out of Alabama and McKinney. But um, if you got, you know, Ha Ha Clinton Dix back there and you got Woods back there who have had NFL experience and they're both, you know, pretty solid safeties back there, I don't think he's in, he's a need as a necessity. Um, but cornerback is definitely a necessity. And I think uh, Diggs fits the mold, and I'd be happy if they grabbed him in the second round. It is there. I know I talked all this about having three safeties, but Church, do you remember when we had Brodney Poole come in and he was supposed to be the starter and then he got beat out by this dude named Barry Church? And then we had another guy. <laughs> we had another guy that they paid, Jasper Brinkley, that came in. It was supposed to be a starter. And then he got his spot taken as well. Didn't even start uh, on, on the team. I think the same thing could happen with, with Clint Dix. Um, it's hard to pass up on a talent like Delpit if he falls to you in, in the second round. So I, I wouldn't be upset if, if they got him. But the, the smart decision, as it would have been in round one, is to go ahead and get you a corner to sure up that spot that uh, – that, that Byron Jones left uh, when he signed with Miami. Okay, so Dane Brugler goes Trey, Trayvon Diggs at 51. Lance Zerline of NFL.com uh, is going with an edge rusher, Julian Orqua from Notre Dame, and he's taking the edge guy over and just going down his, his mock draft in the second round over Christian Fulton in the corner, uh, Chin, the defensive safety, um, Raekwon Davis, the D-lineman for Alabama, and Grant Delpit of LSU. I don't see it. I don't see it either. I, I mean, I, go ahead, go ahead, Dmac. Yeah, same thing. I, I I don't see it. I think they they picked up some guys. They're waiting on some guys to get reinstated. You got D Law. You got some D uh, D inside interior linemen coming back. You need to shore up the secondary. This is a passing league, and right now this is where we're hurting at. So it just doesn't make sense to just keep stacking up on the D line when you need to go fill up a a, a cover corner or a safety. Yeah, and you, and you got the D-line there, and you, you went and got uh, McCoy from Tampa Bay. Uh, they went and got Don Terry Poe. I mean, they already got some guys in there. So uh, I think the D-line, I would I would get another pick, but not um, as high as the second. I think they got to go to the secondary right here, like you said. Um, with Grant Delpit, um, he's a versatile player out there. I mean, he can play safety. He can play nickel. He can play whatever you need. Not that honey bag of a safety that uh, the NFL is going towards. So um, he would be a great pick there. Um, but like like I said earlier, with the D-line, they got McCoy, they got Poe. Uh, I don't think you need to uh, waste a second-round pick on them. Um, but to me, I think Diggs is that guy, but we'll see. Okay, so in the third round at pick 82, Dane Brugler, uh, who lost me on the Dallas Cowboys broadcast here, um, has Terrell Burgess of Utah. He's got him going there, D-lineman. And then Zerline has... Tight end Harrison Bryant 
going to the Cowboys at 82. Church, your thoughts on those two picks and McCray, you follow them. Um, I think the D-line pick in the third uh, would be would be a, a, a good selection there. Um, like I said, I don't think second. I think second is a little bit too high to get those guys, seeing as though you have brought those um, veteran players in there. Uh, but for that fourth round pick, I think he said tight end. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if the Cowboys went with another offensive pick. I mean, sometimes I feel like they, <laughs> they can't help themselves and they go ahead and sprinkle some offense in there. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But <laughs> I hope they spend the rest on defense. I do not agree with another tight end in there, especially because you got two young ones in there in Schultz and in um, Jarwin. So I don't, I don't agree with that. But like I said, sometimes the Cowboys can't help themselves and they'll sprinkle some offense in there. Yeah, I'm even with the D line. I'm still not sure about that one. I think we have enough pieces and the, the for us to make it through, and we could make it to sixth or seventh to get another D lineman. We need defensive backs. It's 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 just obvious that we are going to be facing some pass happy offenses, some guys with some weapons, and we need some guys to cover those people, especially in our division. So I think that safety and corner or two corners we just need you can never have enough guys that can cover just put it that way so in the draft we need to go find those guys so we can have them ready to play this fall because we will be seeing a lot of pass happy offenses let me ask you a question oh, go ahead go ahead no 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 church hit, hit me go ahead all right so let me ask you a question so if they trot out uh ab brown Jordan Lewis and um, Awuzie as your starting three and 11 personnel. Are, are you going to be okay with that for the regular season? No, no, no. As I said before, <laughs> you took C.D. Lamb, you took the best player available, you helped your offense fine. But now it's truly drafting for need here. You, you, to me, you've got to fix and address the defensive backfield. Mitch Trubisky lit the Cowboys up for three touchdowns and ran one in. I had forgotten that. I remember the kid Jeff Driscoll of Detroit. He came off the bench. Guy hadn't played, and he lit up the Cowboys. Um, we saw Sam Darnold get benched. So you've got to go ahead and add some guys here. I think the second-round pick is going to be a defensive back. And the way it all fell with all the safeties, nobody had gone in the first round, and a lot of corner guys in the second round, the Cowboys are going to be in a great position. But if it's up to me, and I'm looking at – Christian Fulton, Trayvon Diggs, and Grant Delpit sitting there for me in the second round. I'm going for the corner. I gotta fix the corner spot before I go to the safety spot. I agree. So, 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 who, who's who's your first corner? So, 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 let's put those three in order. So, you got Delpit, Diggs, and Fulton. Who, who what, which order are you putting those guys in as far as is best best available? Ooh, you know, I would probably go Fulton. Diggs, Delvin. Mm. Mm. Gotcha. All right, so 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 you can't really lose if, if Diggs and Fulton are both there. You you just picking either one of those before Delpit. It makes sense. Yes. I, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I take that. I mean, and for me and, and Danny, you know, because you played in that in that conference. I mean, when you're playing the SEC, you get tested every, every week. I mean, in that division in the West, I mean, it's just a lot of talent. We saw a record number of, of SEC guys going in the first round. So, so to me, if I'm going to get one of those guys, I know I'm going to get a good player. We know what kind of guys come out of LSU from the defensive backfield. We know what kind of guys and how smart they are when they play for Nick Saban of Alabama. So if you get one of those two, be it Fulton or Diggs, to me, I'm the Cowboys. I'm walking away with CeeDee Lamb in round one and Fulton or Diggs in round two. I'm doing a tap dance. I've made my football team. <laughs> <laughs> That's facts. Yeah, yeah. That's facts. 
Most definitely. Uh, hey, hey, Nui, one, one, one thing, one thing before we get too deep off into the show. Hey, you know who started and ended the night last night? That was Joe Burrow starting with the first round, and LSU ended it with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and we had three in between that. So, hey, go Tigers. You know what I'm saying? Go Tigers. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I give my guys a shout-out. And then you just named two more that might be going in the second round. So, that's, that, that's, that, that leaves us at seven for the first two days. Okay, so, so stay with me right there, because I was, I, was, I, was, I was trolling a couple of my, my Ohio State buddies. I said, you guys had the first three picks in the draft. Burrow was there, then when he transferred after Haskins beat him out. So Burrow's one, Chase Young's two, and then you got Okuda, the Grand Prairie kid, uh, go, go three. I said, how do you guys not win a national championship with all that talent? How, how does that happen? How does that happen with all that talent on that football team and more of it coming? And then they ended up having a fourth round, uh, another guy go in the first round. Four first-round picks, man. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But 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 we have five, Nui. Don't forget. But you won the championship, you know? I mean, you got all that time. Yeah, so we, 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 but, but during that time, <laughs> I mean, Ohio State could have won it the year before. I mean, they just, to, to have all that talent is very surprising to me. But that was just my, my, my way of trolling my friend from Ohio State. But, no, this year they, they weren't good enough to beat LSU. Nobody was. I mean, this was a historic team, which is why you're seeing so many guys get drafted up there in the uh, in the first round, so yeah, you take your victory lap, man. You're good. Um, do, do we have a Do we have a count for for how many Texas kids were drafted last night? Because I saw a bunch of Plano, Texas, and Houston's on the on the yeah, top of those here. screens. You mean from the state of Texas, or from the, from the state from the state of Texas from the state of Texas, or or, or Texas high school? Uh, you know, I, I don't know, but there was there was a lot of kids. I mean, you know, we saw. We saw TCU had two kids go in the first round from Texas. Gladney went to Minnesota, and then um, uh, Rager, Jalen Rager, went to Philadelphia. You know, we know Akuda went third overall. So yeah, there's a truckload of Texas kids, and I mean, this is the CD's first time in about what four years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What you saw, I mean, but during you think about the draft, Texas high school football is producing number one draft pick. Well, you had Kyler Murray last year. You had um, Baker Mayfield the year before that. And then two years before that, you had Miles Garrett from, from Arlington. So, I mean, yeah, Texas is uh, producing some kids in high school football. I mean, it's no doubt that it, the, the best state for producing high school kids right now is the state of Texas. The Super Bowl MVP this past season was, was uh, Patrick Mahomes. And the year before that, Mahomes won the MVP. So, Texas is slaying it with these kids. But what's interesting to me, Danny, is the Longhorns didn't have one first-round draft pick. All that money, not one first-round draft pick came out of it. Big 12 had mm. a grand total of three first-round uh, first picks. One was from Texas Tech, two were from TCU. The ACC, as a conference, only had two first-round picks, and TCU produced two of them. So it, it's interesting. It's interesting you start breaking this thing down. But Texas, man, a lot of talent here. Church, you should have been born in Texas. You might have got drafted. <laughs> you're right you're right man you're right i just might have i just might have. <laughs> oh, man. that's all right shout out to pittsburgh man y'all y'all play some ball up there there's something Stephen a smith said that made absolutely zero sense uh a cowboy player this week took to twitter to, to do a little trolling and and we had a little off-air discussion about why this guy should be doing it and also we got to break down our thoughts about the last dance of michael jordan chicago bulls episodes one and two aired this weekend episodes three and four are coming up you're watching the players lounge i'm Louis scrunch danny mccray barry church right here in uh, on uh, dallascowboys.com 
Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more, do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stacked from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Players Lodge on a Friday, I'm Louis Scruggs, joined by former Dallas Cowboys defensive backs Barry Church and Danny McCray. McCray, you hit it up earlier, so so let's dive into this. The Green Bay Packers trade up, and they go get Jordan Love, the quarterback from Utah State. And they still apparently this morning have yet to talk to Aaron Rodgers about drafting Love, the quarterback. This reminds me so much of the one time Dan Reese, when he was coaching the Denver Broncos, drafted Tommy Maddox, who played at L.D. Bell High School here in Dallas-Fort Worth, and... John Elway was absolutely ticked off. Tommy Maddox never played uh, any meaningful minutes for the Broncos, and we know Elway ended up leading the Broncos to a Super Bowl. Dan Reeves got fired. It created a very nasty relationship between the two. How is Aaron Rodgers, McCray, in your opinion, going to handle this? Uh, you know, the, the first thing that I read was uh, he, he better he better act he better not act like Hey, Chris, can you mute? <laughs> so, so we had an issue with um, with how Aaron Rodgers felt he was treated by Brett Favre. He has a, a, a perfect opportunity to not be a hypocrite in this situation. So, I would be upset that they didn't get him receiver, kind of the same way that Tom Brady felt uh, about New England. Uh, but I mean, he has to take it and roll with it, and hopefully, in the second round, they're able to get him some weapons to help him out. Because, like, like everybody says, all they have is Devontae Adams right now. So he needs some weapons. He should be upset, but hopefully, they can make him happy in the second, second and third rounds. 
here's the thing I have. Yeah, for my my question, Church, and, and you you can address this. We now know the way the defensive rules work. You can't touch the quarterback, and that's why Tom Brady can play 43 and Drew Brees can play 41. You can't touch these guys. Aaron Rodgers is 37, but in a league where you can't touch these dudes, he's, in my opinion, he's got a lot more football left. I thought this team did a disservice to him by not getting a wide receiver to help this dude out. Yeah, I think uh, the Green Bay Packers completely dropped the ball on this one. If I was Aaron Rodgers, man, I would be pissed. I mean, here you go. Like you said, Nui, he's 37 years old, but... In the league where you can't you can't hit below the knees, I mean, he still has a lot of ball left. So let's just say he's 31 years old right now. They were one game away from winning or going to the Super Bowl. And so Aaron Rodgers is like, look, I'm playing with a bunch of, but outside of Devontae Adams, I'm playing with a bunch of um, undrafted free agent receivers, kind of guys that just got thrown thrown into uh, thrown into Green Bay, you know, off the of practice squads or whatever. And they ended up making it to the NFC Championship game. So they're that close and maybe one or two weapons away from uh, getting into the next level. And they decided go to a quarterback and decide to look for the future. They just had to kind of rebuild as though uh, Aaron Rodgers is 50 years old and he's on his way out. So um, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, of course, I'd be extremely mad. But you know what they say, you you, you get him how you, or you lose him how you get him. And that's how he got his job. He came in there and sat behind Brett Favre for four years, even though Brett Favre had a lot of football left in him. And, um, you know, the same thing happening to him right now. But if I'm him, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm completely pissed off because all I need is a couple weapons here and there. I'm still in my prime. I can still make any throw in the NFL. So for them to go ahead and look for the future, I just don't understand it. Maybe, you know, maybe they just they don't get along like that or something. But um, I, I found Aaron Rodgers. I'm completely pissed off right now. Did, did he text uh, Bill Belichick after after that? What'd you say? Did, did he text Bill Belichick and say, say he wanted to go to the Patriots now? Oh, if I'm Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers trying to get out of there. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm, the first text meant trade me now. Y'all want to do this? Trade me now. Like, this, this is, to me, I Can thought it was crazy. Can you imagine New England picking up Aaron Rodgers in a trade? Man, that would be Rodgers nuts. Play hey, Bill Belichick. Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, really, when you say that, I mean, here's Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski basically telling you, we left New England because we weren't having fun anymore. I mean, you have to do it Bill Belichick's way. What did we just see with Aaron Rodgers? He basically ran off Mike McCarthy because he wanted to do it his way. So I don't see Aaron Rodgers want any, any parts of that. Aaron wants to do it his way. I, I just believe... Based on what I saw with John Elway, I think we're going to have the same situation where there's going to become a bigger rift between the coach and the GM with the quarterback, and the quarterback will do all he can to outlast Jordan Love and and make the situation very uncomfortable, which if you're the Cowboys, you, you're all good with that. want to hit another topic here because we got a lot that I want to get squeezed into before we end the show today. Stephen A. Smith is on ESPN today. Now, we know Stephen A. Smith takes this great joy in, in trying to ride the Dallas Cowboys and their fans. And he was talking about C.D. Lamb. And he said for the second time, or he said this once before the past six months, but he said that the Cowboys had Terrence Williams as a wide receiver in their, on their team. <laughs> Uh, if you want to be chief troll, can you at least get a roster? I mean, they're paying CBA Smith millions of dollars over at ESPN. And if you want to sit here and ride your team that you can't stand, at least know who's on the doggone team, McCray. Yeah, that, that doesn't make too much sense, especially with how much he talks about him throughout the season. He, has, he shouldn't – nobody has said Terrence Williams' name in the last two years. 
There, I don't, do we have we have counter Williams on the team? I don't think we have another. Like, what what are we talking about? He made too much money for that. That's 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 a mistake that he shouldn't be making. But that just shows he's just trolling. He doesn't. He's not really paying attention to what's going on here. That's why when we start winning Super Bowls, he'll be upset. He won't be speaking Terrence Williams' names again. I don't know. Maybe he was saying outside of Amari Cooper, you know, wide receiver core is non-existent. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So that's that's what know. that's what you took from it, huh? Hey, I'm just I'm just I'm just taking what Stephen A's putting down, man. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> non-existent. But I, I, okay, all right. I saw I saw the Twitter clips. No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. But he's known for trolling the Cowboys and. I thought for sure he was just saying, hey, outside of Cooper, it's non-existent. Even though Gallup is a beast, in my opinion, maybe that's what he was saying. <laughs> All right, stay with trolling. So, Rob Gronkowski gets traded from New England to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so he could play with his, his buddy, Tom Brady. They won a couple Super Bowls together. And Tank Lawrence sent out a trolling tweet towards Julian Edelman. And the comments that Tank got on there were, they were they were split down the middle almost. There were some who were laughing with Tank, saying "Yeah," and then there's a bunch of people getting on Tank Lords, saying you shouldn't be trolling a guy who's won three Super Bowls. You only have five sacks. Uh, it, it got it got out there. Oh, and my no. immediate my immediate thought process, and, and and I text you guys with it is, it's almost a lack of self awareness. Is can can anyone on the Cowboys really? try and troll somebody from the Patriots considering the kind of success that a guy like Julian Edelman who was a is a Super Bowl MVP winner can, can you even say that? I've I got to be opposite of you on this one, Newey. It's just a joke. <laughs> I mean, Tank Lawrence, he had five sacks last year, but that doesn't discredit his body of work. Like the, the the team played how they played uh, last year. He had five sacks, but that didn't that didn't define how well he played as a defensive player. And also the years before that, can we list how many sacks he had in the previous two years when he was playing on franchise tags? So th- that one year doesn't dis like discredit him as a as a player. And he was just joking. It's, it was a it was funny. It was a good joke. It was something that he probably saw somebody else posting, <laughs> and he just wanted to make his own. I don't think it was anything personal, and I, I think it was funny too, man. Everybody's leaving, and Julian Edelman's there, but he doesn't know what's going on with the Patriots. <laughs> so what's uh, like I said, the comments were split. I mean, Dan, Danny, you say, hey, hey, it's fun, it's all good. There, there was there, there were half the people, uh, and maybe even a little sixty percent were saying they were with you. All right, Church, where do you stand on this? Uh, I, I think I'm gonna ride with you on this one, Dewey. Um, you know, I think I think uh, D Law, I mean, he jokes a lot and plays a lot and all that good stuff. But I mean, coming off the season he had last year, I mean, he's out here trolling. You know, Edelman saying, you know, oh, you're the last one left. You you ain't got nothing there. And you know he's sitting there like, man, you ain't got no sacks last year. But he didn't say none of that. He kind of took the high. He kind of took the high road on this one. So uh, I'm gonna go with New York until he, he he comes back and and maybe gets his sack total up a little bit. I mean, maybe he should relax on the on the trolling. But I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. <laughs> so 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 listen. So if you have an off season for a whole year, you can't say anything to anybody. You can't even make a joke. Do even even to. if you were a Pro Bowl player, yeah, I mean, what what do you mean? You, you, can't, you can't. So this this is like uh, when the fans on Twitter go and they say, that, like, you post a picture of you at Astro World or something. And they like, what are you doing to Astro World? You supposed to be uh, focusing on football? Y'all suck last year. 
<laughs> what? I got a I got a regular life. <laughs> I can't just do football twenty four seven. I can't make a joke. I can't like this is banner between two NFL players. Like we we can't joke now because because I had an off season sack wise. Uh, that that's not right. I don't think D Law should have to be quiet for a full year because he had five sacks this year, but well, almost twenty for the previous two. <laughs> You say that you know this 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 what you just said, Danny, makes me think about about Michael Jordan and, and having watched that that last dance and, and I've been diving into the books, um, David Halberstam's book playing for keeps on, on Michael Jordan and the life by Roland Lazenby on Michael Jordan. The um, and we now know Michael owns the the Charlotte Hornets and he was talking with one of the Golden State Warriors guys and you know the Warriors set that record for wins and Michael immediately just cuts down the owner and says, who cares how many games you won if you didn't win the championship? I mean, talking about Golden State's had a pretty good run, but that was his thing of, you know what, man, you didn't win. And if you're not winning, I don't care what you've done. And that makes you think about Tank. Hey, if you want to call someone out, you're calling out somebody who's won. <laughs> if you're not out here winning, do you really, really need to be doing that in today's age? Probably not. Come just my opinion. They not. Winning does not make you off limits to, to jokes. <laughs> you, can, you can win all you want to and still get joked on. That don't, that don't save you just because you won a Super Bowl. Now, if you want to start talking about like his play and t- calling him sorry or like t- talking about his performance, yeah, that, that that's a little difference. But it was it was a joke with his friends leaving him up in, up in New England. <laughs> It was just, it was just a joke. It's just fun. I, I don't I, like I said. It doesn't save you from from being joked on just because you're a Super Bowl champion. Tom Brady can get talked about. Gronk can get talked about. Anybody that won a Super Bowl can get talked about. All right, all right. Uh, Church, I know you watched the Last Dance. What, what was your take on it? And is there anything that you saw from that that you relate to your days playing in the NFL? Um, hmm. I mean. <laughs> Um, the story about uh, I'm not gonna say no names, but the story about you know him walking in the in the hotel rooms and seeing stuff like <laughs> I mean it, it gets real. But I will say this, man, Scotty Pippen, you tripping for taking that seven year twelve million? What was it? Seven years, eighteen million? Dollars? You tripping out there? First of all, you was like one of the top you know, picks in the in that draft that year. And then uh, I know you're talking about you need security and you want to look after your, your grandparents and all that stuff. But, man, you, you could have had security. You could have got a two-year deal. Let me get a two-year for, for $5 million or something like that. I mean, the way the way that contract was was negotiated was terrible. And uh, his agent his agent should have been fired immediately after that. I mean, that was, that was a terrible contract, terrible contract. Uh, can I defend the agent? Can I defend the agent? So the agent Jimmy Sex. His agent at the time, and he also represented Horace Grant, uh, was Jimmy Sexton out of Memphis. So Sexton today is one of the most powerful agents in the game. He has he has a lot of lot of coaches, but Sexton told him not to sign the deal. Sexton's like, this isn't a good deal. But Scotty, having grown up poor in Arkansas and wanting to go ahead and take care of his family, decided I'll take the security of eighteen million because and, and I want to say put put this also into context. Scotty had some back issues. So, in his mind, if I'll take this $18 million guaranteed, no matter what, I'll take it. And, and I'm not trying to, to ride on Scotty, but just trying to present it in the, in the situation of when you haven't come from a lot, you see what's in front of you right now. I talked to you guys before about that Muhammad Ali book that I read, that Don King put $50,000 in cash in front of Ali. He owed him over 
$1.7 million. He sent a dude over with a cash, a big old cash thing of 50 grand, and he had, he said, to, and he sent a notary public, hey, look, take this 50 grand right now, and you don't, and I don't owe, you don't owe, you know, I don't owe you anything else. Ali took the cash right there. For Scottie Pippen, he couldn't see the future. He didn't see what the NBA is now. He saw 18 million in security for him and everybody he loved. So I, I, I don't, I don't blame the agent there. If that's what the kid saw and that's what he wanted, can you blame the agent? I blame, I blame management for for offering him that uh, that contract one, and and two. I, I seen Shannon Sharp say something about about Michael Jordan, and and I got to agree with him on this. One thing you don't do as a as a player in any sport is count another man's money. If yes, Scottie Pippen was upset in the final year of his deal and he was going to do everything he could to get paid, nobody has a right to speak on that, no matter how bad you want to win. This dude wants to get paid, just like the rest of the people on his team. You know, Michael Jordan went out there and called him selfish. At some point in time, you got to be selfish. You've been playing for, for, for crumbs for the last six years. Let the man be selfish to try to make his money. If it don't work, it don't work. But, but time, don't, don't, count, don't count another man's bread. And at the time, Michael Jordan was making $33 million a season. And he over there talking about Scotty being selfish. Now, look, 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 look. Now, see, this is, comes, this is you know, you know I, I'm a historian on this. They weren't paying Michael a whole lot of money either. There was a time when David Falk was trying to get $4 million from Jerry Reinsdorf, and he said, I'll never pay Michael $4 million, and he was starting at three. Michael signed a deal long-term in which he wasn't making as much. It's when Michael came back that he was able to really cash in and get 33 and $36 million those last couple years that he played. But this was before Pippen's deal had run out. So you know, you got to put some of this stuff in the context of what it was. But ultimately, the thing I, I took from the last dance of Scottie Pippen and even Michael Jordan, I, I, I equate it to what we just saw with Lyle Collins. If Lyle Collins played out the season and went to the open market, he'd have killed it, okay? He had a great year. He'd have killed it. But Collins had told me the year before he loved it here and did not want to leave. His family's from Louisiana. He, he likes living in Dallas-Fort Worth, and he took less money. So at the end of the day, it's up to what guys really want. And if a guy chooses security the way Scottie Pippen did, a guy chooses security and happiness the way Lyle Collins did, I don't want to ever blame them. And I don't want to say management is bad to do it because if they, you know, they don't have to sign the deal. There's no gun in anybody's head here. Guys do what they want to do. It's. I mean, it's not a literal. It's not a literal gun, but I mean, you got a bad back and you got to take care of your family. People can prey on that and offer you something that, that they know that, you, that you're worth more, but they can offer you less because they know the situation that you're in. So it's not literally a gun, but that could be how Scottie Pippen felt. That's true. That is gotcha. true. Gotcha. Mike, gotcha. Don't, don't speak, on, don't, don't speak on, uh, on Scottie Pippen's bread, man. In his final year, Mike, you said Mike was making 33 Re re up Scotty Pippen at least. Good to give him a bonus or something. God, no, y'all couldn't give him nothing. <laughs> get, it, get it, man. No money. Yeah, and send a workout bonus or something. <laughs> the Go end, out there and get these assists. You know, you're right in terms of what Bulls management could have stepped in at any time and said, hey, let's redo these things. But that's just not how they operated, which is why you saw Horace Grant leave, you saw John Paxson leave, and that's the way that's the way it is. And, and it's interesting because, you know, we talk about, you know, the money for those guys and, and push this back and you start looking at Dak Prescott right now. 
How many fans out there are mad at Dak Prescott because he hasn't signed a deal and people are calling Dak greedy? You know, it's just interesting when you think about how people have sympathy for Scottie Pippen not getting up and now people are mad at Dak Prescott because football contracts are not guaranteed at all. You do definitely need to get what you can. And church, you were in this kind of situation here. The Cowboys, you liked it here, but you knew on the open market you'd get more money. And Jacksonville gave you a, a contract of security that you had to take and you took. Yeah, I had to take that one. I mean, the Cowboys were offering uh, significantly less than Jacksonville. And, you know, I had, like you said, you had to go, you had to look out for your family and, uh, and get what you need. I mean, you know, the grass is not always greener. Like I, like I learned when I went to Jacksonville, um, it was just two different type of organizations. Cowboys were way up here and Jacksonville was just down here. But they did pay me and, um, you know, hey, I, had to, I had to do what I had to do for my family. But looking back, um, if it was even close, even like one or two million close, I would have definitely stayed in Dallas. I mean, the organization is just that much better. But like you said, at the time, I wanted money and I needed security for my family. So, Church, stay with me. What is going on where the owner's son, Khan, is arguing nah. <laughs> Yannick Ngakwe, the, the defensive end for the Jags here? And yeah, here's a guy who wants to be traded, and they're going to hold on to him. So you're going to possibly keep a guy in the building who does not want to be here, who thinks that the organization is bad. How does a locker room operate in that fashion? Uh, well, you know, I was in the locker room with those guys, and I, I know him fondly. And um, and Gakwe is a, he's a very fiery, he's a very competitive type of guy. He's a young guy as well. So um, when he, he was, I don't think he was doing himself any favors by arguing with the son, um, the owner's son on, on social media like that in front of everybody. Um, the dynamic between the son and uh, the team is basically um, his son, or Shaq Khan's son. Kind of, kind of goes in the locker room more and talks to the players more than the actual owner does. So that's why everybody feels like you know they can talk to the to the owner like that. But he made a good point um, during that argument. Twitter was saying um, to to Ngakwe that you're doing all this bantering with me back and forth on Twitter, and you're talking about you want to be tra traded, but you're not doing yourself any favor. And I, don't, and I think he was right about that one because teams are going to look at that like, do we really want to bring this guy in trade? Um, you know, possibly high picks or. You know, compensation for, for Ngakwe when he's going to come up here and, and be that type of player. So I don't think he did himself any type of favors by arguing with uh, Shad Khan But uh, as we know, that guy wants to get out of there. And sometimes players do whatever they can to get out of a sticky situation. It's going to be interesting. All right, so rounds two and three of the draft are tonight. So, so with five minutes left here of the players' line. So let's go back to the top and recap what we talked about here. The Cowboys go get CeeDee Lamb at 17. I was all about the defense. But I do not blame the Cowboys for taking a guy they had ranked number six on their board at 17. So now the Cowboys have a tremendous offense. You've got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. You've got tight end Blake Jarwin. You've got Ezekiel Elliott. And Dak Prescott is going to re-sign here. There's no excuse for this team not to be putting up 30 to 32 points per football game. But now my concern is defense. And I just feel like rounds two and three, they've got to go for a corner and they've got to add enough safety. They've got to add a, a, a defense, defensive lineman. The, the, those three positions, it's, it, the names have to be called at 50, 51, and 82 for those picks there. All right, that's my piece on that. McCray, you, you, you start and tell me your piece. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, surprised at, uh, at 17 for receiver, but like you said, the guy is one of those talents where Jerry Jones in the past has said he would never pass up on a guy like that if, if they fell to him, and it, and it happened. So you got to take that guy, especially since all these corners and safeties that, that you thought would go in the first round are still available. Like So it, it essentially it worked out perfect for you. 
you got the pick of the litter, hopefully, uh, with Fulton and Diggs. And if not, then you still got Delpit. So I don't see if, – if picking defense in the second round, I don't think there's a player that you want that you would miss on that, that will hurt you in this uh, in this draft. Out, out of those three players, either one that you pick will make an impact on your team. So go defense, go DBs, find some guys to cover these receivers that will be coming at you this season and, uh, and and continue that throughout the draft, just tidying up that defense because you're going to need it. You're going to be scoring some points. You're going to be uh, you're gonna need to be able to stop some people as well. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on it. Yeah, I agree uh, with both you guys on that one. Um, I was surprised when they picked C.D. Lamb, um, but if he was their top – top, you know, rated guy and your sixth rated guy on their draft board. I mean, you can't pass up on a guy. So hopefully he's, able, he's out there. He's going to be able to go out there and perform at a high level and uh, exceed all their expectations. But I feel like for the rest of the draft, they're going to have to go defensively. Uh, corner, especially, I think, is a, is, a, is a position of need that they have to. And uh, like McCray said, he made a great point. Um, they went and got C.D. Lamb, but a lot of the high-rated corners and safeties didn't go in the, in the first round. So they still have their pick of the litter in the second round. So I agree with them on that. But I feel as though they have to go defense because they don't want to be like the 2018 uh, Kansas City Chiefs who had all the firepower in the world and were scoring points over everybody but couldn't stop it or couldn't you know stop a cold or anything like that and that ended up hurting them in the AFC Championship when they couldn't stop Tom Brady you know on three straight third and tens and he ended up pulling off a comeback and winning the game so I think they got to address this defense for the second half of the NFL draft and um, I think you know hopefully CeeDee Lamb's able to produce the way they feel like he should. That, that that championship game that they lost to the Patriots, I mean, if you don't jump offside, you win the game. I mean, so it was a mistake they made. But but going back on what you said, they, the next year they bring in D Ford, they bring in Tyron Matthew, they do fix the defense. So Dane Brugler has the Cowboys uh, taking Trayvon Diggs 51. Um, Lance Zerline of NFL.com has the Cowboys going for edge rusher from Notre Dame, Julian Arquist. But on Dane Brugler's list here, when I, cause when I looked at the mock, I said, okay, so if he takes, if the Cowboys take Diggs, who are they passing up? And the players they had passing up would be Grant Delpit, the safety from LSU, Christian Fulton, the corner from, from LSU, uh, Ross Blacklock, the defensive tackle from TCU, and Kyle Duggar, the safety from Lenore Ryan, the uh, small school out of North Carolina. So if that's the case, if these players are all here, the Cowboys could find themselves like they were in the first round taking possibly you know just the highest player they have left on their board but I definitely think it's got to be a defensive backfield uh, player the Cowboys only have one guy under contract after next year and that that's uh, Anthony Brown here so I, I feel real good that the Cowboys are going to be able to walk out around one and two with a corner and an explosive wide receiver with CeeDee Lamb. To me, if they do that at the first two rounds it's good and then round three go defense again. If they do that fellas I'll be doing a tap dance. <laughs> Listen, make sure hey, you record before, it before we get out, before before we go, man. I just got to bring it up because it's the players' lounge, and if these guys were in the locker room, they would be getting talked about. The CD Lamb with the bat phone getting snatched out of his hand on, on, on national TV was a big deal, <laughs> and, 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 the, and, the, and the girlfriend getting pushed off the lap. Please, listen, significant others, man. Just make sure you do the right thing. Let, let, let the guys have a moment. Don't don't try to do nothing crazy. And do not become the spotlight of the NFL draft tonight. Learn from the people before you. <laughs> Learn from the she people before fun. you, man. <laughs> what did she say? So she, she said that the agent was calling 
and she was going to be, she was trying to be a good girlfriend and answer the phone for him and then that's what happened she said people people needed to calm down so that was her that was her you know thought process so you know th- there you go but what we yeah, yeah, okay know, all right you and I know these girlfriends uh, they, they, they truly do live up to the the college girlfriends truly do live up to the NFL not for long when these dudes get to do it no, let me tell you something. If that agent was calling and he wanted her to answer, he would have handed her the phone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on, she man. Thought she, was, she thought she was slick. Let me grab this phone real quick. Hey, did he see the side oh, eye he gave her to? He looked at her like she was crazy. <laughs> like, the, the, the mob, too, on the other side was looking at her like, oh, she's messed up. <laughs> there she go again. <laughs> when I saw that video, I immediately thought of uh, Ludacris. That song roll out at the end and says, Get out my business. Oh. Oh, it's my business. <laughs> Stay all up out of my business. Because it's mine. Man, just, oh. just took over the whole draft. That, that's what I remember about the draft as far as visually uh, yesterday <laughs> was, was these girlfriends uh, overstepping. Overstepping? Well, <laughs> oh, man. We, we, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say I don't. I don't <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. People have talked about it um, on the Cowboys flagship station, 105 through the fan. They asked him about it. Uh, they had fun with him. All, all, I mean, all across social media, and that's why the girlfriend responded. So um, we'll see. I mean, you know, and, and, and hopefully, whenever we get back to uh, a, a, the normal, we'll, we'll uh, hopefully be able to go, you know, talk to you know, talk to CD in the locker room and ha- have a fun laugh about it because you know that's you're right. He's definitely going to be uh, razzed a little bit about that by his teammates in, in, in the back. Just don't touch his phone. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. Hey, um, fun stuff as always. Um, let's let's hope they bring in some DBs and some D line and and use the rest of this draft, in my opinion, to attack the needs because the Cowboys have them at all three levels of the defense. This needs to be a defensive draft the rest of the way. So let's see what they do. We'll talk about this next week. Uh, Danny McCray, Barry Church, uh, Chris Bean, everybody who's been a part of this Players Lives, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for checking us out here. We will do it again next Friday right here on DallasCowboys.com. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!